Welcome back to Bitter Jurors. We are now a queer Legend of Korra superfan podcast, having been a queer Survivor superfan podcast for the last 13 weeks, however long Survivor seasons are. Um, and I'm one of your hosts, Derek Reining. And as always, I am so tired of this man being such a great friend to me and a great podcast co-host. It's Sam Stanish. I was worried about where that was going. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like I never actually... It's sort of like when you switch years. Like, we just went from 21 to 22, 2020, 21, 22. And I, people have problems changing from 2021 to 2022. I don't really have those issues anymore, but I never actually got a handle on not saying Queer Avatar The Last Airbender Superfan Podcast, even when we switched mm. Legend of Korra, then back to Survivor, and then back to Legend of Korra. So I wonder what I'll say next week when I start introducing. Mm. Oh, ooh, hot mic. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um but yes yeah, so Casey... is, it, is it bad well, no i was talking oh, about oh uh, like a hop um, <laughs> yeah okay, that was very quick <laughs> um but uh you know obviously i'm emulating our heroine from this episode she uh, every other word out of her mouth seems to be about being tired of someone's behavior and i am so sick to death of this person also being a great friend and a great podcast guest it's lita brillman my god thank you so much for making room in your snowmobile passenger seat for one more <laughs> mm, does this seat too but then who would drive? Because it can't be me because I famously don't do that. Mm -hmm. And also because I can't be attracted to men is what Bolin says essentially at one point in this episode. Just because he looks identical to someone else and I am attracted to him doesn't mean that I'm attracted to him. Yeah, I'm really, I swear I'm not gay. And I also oh. am really not gay because I see a fabulous ginger haired woman doing amazing poses. And for some reason, I feel some sort of way about it. We love gay panic, Bolin. Yes. <laughs> Bolin is real. Uh, okay, I did real. really feel like the Water Tribe twins were sort of like when you see two like cartoon skeletons and one of them has boobs to d denote which <laughs> one of them is a girl. Except in Or like it's a video game character that has like a bow. Yeah. So you know it's a girl. <laughs> she has Dragon eyeliner. Mm -hmm. yeah. But in this case, the, the gender signifier is Aubrey Plaza's voice coming from her body yeah that was a major surprise for me i remember when <laughs> this season was starting we were like why is aubrey plaza gonna be on avatar what a get uh, i mean oscar winner jk simmons is here so that, that's true, true. and He's little janet varney um we are here yes. to talk about chapters one and two of book two of legend of korra uh i can't remember if eric said that so i just wanted to no. set the scene mm-hmm and yes, um, I, I guess it's a two-parter. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they certainly. I think we got a wheel mixed up with the numbers when we decided what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I, what's our our first episode is Rebel Spirit, is what's called, and the Southern Lights. So those are the two episodes we're talking about um, for clarity. Um, I guess we should get right into it, just like this episode does, with like a big old info dump about a bunch of things that happened apparently since the last time we saw these characters. Um, I would have like appreciated a, a little SpongeBob three months later kind of guy uh, <laughs> giving us this story. Uh, but we, yeah, they really flashed between a couple people here right at the start. Uh, you know, I gotta be honest, don't love that Mako has become a cop. Like truly, he he was the worst <laughs> character of book one, and now he's starting off with a strong strong take also just the criminal to cop thing is so boring <laughs> and like it's not so even played out and it doesn't even not work even... the opposite way either the reverse sarah lucina yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes um i yeah i i literally i think said out loud wow mako became even more horrible like 
he's a cop now, I guess. Um, and he's like, I don't know. He seems like he's trying to be a good boyfriend to Cora, but um, our girl is um, a confused person, I say, I'll say, i say, for her in these two episodes. Very angry at everyone all the time for no reason. Yeah. I'm sympathetic to her. I don't know. I'd be I'd be angry too if I had if I was dating a cop and That's could fair. not express my or like even once I mastered airbending, which was so hard, Tenzin's like, actually you're doing it wrong. That's core airbending. That's not real airbending. She's like, I'm like 25% of the entire airbending population. Yeah, I, I think maybe I core bending is just as valid. <laughs> That's totally fair. You're right, actually. Especially when like I feel like this episode is a lot about these episodes we're talking a lot about um like how the southern tribe had to rebuild and their cultural experiences and their traditions are like different and bad according to the northern water tribe but like ultimately it's just like what they do and how they do it and it's not that it's not bad it's just a different way of doing things and i feel like tenzin should be recognizing that Cora's still airbending and she's mastering the avatar state she's just doing it in her own way mm-hmm. i agree um yeah, so I I don't know. I I guess we should start from the beginning here. Um, we start on a boat, which is not a thing that happened last season, I think, right? But that was like a thing in Avatar. Was every premiere started on a boat? Um, so that oh, was the marooning. Yes, <laughs> I guess they're yeah, saying it really gets its start when Korra and Naga are on the boat to Republic City. Yeah, we get a weird cold open of like these uh like random ship people being attacked by a spirit kraken for some reason yeah we start with two full-on deaths yeah <laughs> they it are was, gone i it is very reminiscent of the opening of the entire tv show game of thrones where those two mm. dudes are out in the north uh you know not to relitigate game of thrones really bore a lot of people but uh they get attacked by ice zombies very similar to these ice demons or spirits or whatever you want to call them uh-huh totally right I knew, I knew that would be a reaction <laughs> so i you know tried to wrap it up yeah um i was gonna make the comparison to pokemon coliseum xd which has a similar sort of opening but you know that was more bore. obscure <laughs> yes more more um but uh yeah so then we also get into speaking of boring things we go into apparently the fire ferrets are still a thing but it's just Boleyn um and like two randos i don't quite i mean i guess it just establishes that they aren't doing that anymore but, but it's Bolin like I, I i don't think anyone would have been mad if like they just pretended it never happened i certainly would have cared, would not have cared if they just like never mentioned pro bending again me either. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't need this plotline back. Uh, but here, here we are. Even especially because they're like, the only reason it's in this episode is to show that two of the three main characters have moved past it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah. we can be done. But you already showed like what they're up to. <laughs> like we get it. We understand <laughs> that if if Mako is up to being a cop and busting triads, a word I have never heard this much in thirty <laughs> minutes of my life, he's probably not also pro bending. But thank you, show, for letting us know. Mm-hmm. Also in the Mako scene, like they they have that moment where with the police officer taking off or putting on sunglasses, like saying a witty line. But his line doesn't even make sense. He's like, you have, it looks like you have car troubles. Good thing the police are here. It's like, nobody calls the police when they have car troubles. They call AAA. That's why he's trying <laughs> to punch them up with Cora. Yeah, exactly. okay, but then he did the line for Cora. It's like, oh, that's so funny. You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. stigmatized. Yeah. 
I was going to be like, can you blame her? But I can. I can blame her for being stigmatized by that. He's he's very hot if you don't listen to anything he says or does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like me. Uh... <laughs> Just like anybody, really. I feel like That's anybody right. could say could have that. Uh, I, we and then finally we also just learned that Asami has no money. <laughs> That's like her, Bolin is his line, Marco has his like cop thing, and Asami's just like, I'm broke. <laughs> Queen, we love her, and she has planes now too, which is fun. Um, and and the widest leg pants. I know they're going mm. for like an aviatrix thing, but they are comically. She just looks like dummy thick <laughs> in her aviation pants. She so got nothing that has really changed from book one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the bossing say butt lift the butt bb or the b s s b l. There is no butt lift in in bossing say. I think that's her uh, plan for getting Sato Industries back on top. <laughs> I mean, one. for Varric, I feel like that's not a bad plan. Yes, clearly. I mean, Boleyn's charms work on him pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a kind of our scene-setting sort of montage. Um, but while Korra also raced the airbending kids, and she's like misusing the Avatar state, which she apparently has mastered, I guess. She had mastered it at the end of book one. We were shown that. She, yeah. you know, went into it to display that she had mastered it. Um, you know, cl- great storytelling from everyone involved. Uh, but <laughs> I actually... To tell and not show. <laughs> yes. Sort of like... Uh, but I like it here. I think it's a good, like, start to... It's a, clearly like she's going to learn about... Uh, her place in the world and how she should be acting or whatever. But like, I think it, it makes, it's like a great A to B where like, if Cora did master the avatar state and she was racing these kids, like, of course she's going to use the avatar state to win. Who wouldn't? And then it gets, she even does it later, but like not with the avatar state, but when they're playing that game, she also uses water bending to win that too. And so I think it's like, sort of just like, she's, I think she's, you know, in her power and, you know, claiming what's hers. <laughs> yeah, Cor- yeah, Cora just like kind of girl bosses her way through these episodes for sure. That's the whole show. <laughs> she is really a girl boss. <laughs> um, but uh, Boomy is also here. Um, one of the apparently three siblings of Avatar Aang and uh, Miss Katara. Um, and Boomy seems like the fun loving, you know, Sokka kind of guy. Um, terrible facial hair, I must say. That's just maybe my hot take on Boomy. Um, but he seems fun to me. Yeah, it feels like he got the like more childish sides of Katara and Aang, sort of like the fun-loving, freewheeling versions of them. Um, and oh, that is if... exactly what I think of when I think Katara. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like she displays that sort of side. Not, I mean, more Aang <laughs> than Katara, but uh, like, especially I feel like coming from this family that's so bending focused, and when he's the only non-bender, I feel like it could be easy to sort of. And I think he's also he is the middle child, so sort of like I'm sure he's you know had his trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Is Kaya and the the youngest? There's tons of the. I youngest. believe so. Kaya's no, Tenzin's oldest. the youngest. Yeah, Kaya's okay. oldest. Um, and was Kaya... like, we got to keep going until we yeah. pop one of these airbenders out. Yeah. That is, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kaya, meanwhile, while Boomy got all the fun-loving parts, Kaya got all the stoner lesbian parts of Aang and Katara. Uh, <laughs> which is much more what I think of when I think Katara. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Aang. 
We're not a spo- we're we're no longer doing spoilers on this podcast. This is a spoiler free podcast, but it doesn't really get talked about in the show, so I feel like I'm in my right to say that oh. she is canonically a queer character. Sure, but yeah. I would call her a stoner lesbian if even if we didn't have that. Regardless, um, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm <laughs> what just what kind of lesbian are we calling Lynn? Um, militant militant <laughs> lesbian. <laughs> scary i just wish she wasn't a cop <laughs> i know the problematic fave if ever there was one um but here is where we learn that our whole crew is going down to the southern water tribe which is you know to me exciting news we're getting a little scene of like uh changery or wait no change scene of, of scenery <laughs> scene of changery good scene of changery <laughs> that's actually pretty great oh um, that's so witchy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so they're all taking a little vacay down to the um, SWT. Um, uh, <laughs> Southern Water oh. Tribe. <laughs> I, yeah, I like this. I'm glad that we're going there. I felt like people wanted to see more of it from book one. Like, we, especially since we spent so, like, we, that's like where the first show started. And it's clear that it's really been built up, but we didn't get a lot about it in book one. And especially since that's where Core is from, I'm glad we're going back there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It seems so like barren, and like always saw where her like her training ground. So it like seemed very barren and like not really a place um, when we saw it last. So yeah, it was cute to see that there's like culture here now apparently, and also apparently Cora's dad is the chief, which I don't know if that was the thing in season one. Yeah, um, I'm confused about that entire situation. Like he, okay, just based on everything that we learned in this episode, one, okay, at first I was bristling a little bit about how big it's gotten. I was like, okay, I know the North is like helping them build it up, but blah, blah, blah. But I feel like once the word got out that the Avatar was there, I feel like that probably is a big draw. And I'm sure that a lot of people came to just like be in the same area. But mm-hmm. with her dad being the chief, I'm just sort of like, Okay, but we also learned that he wasn't even from this tribe. It's like, how did he get so much goodwill in this community to become the chief? It's like he's literally the embodiment of failing upward in the <laughs> Avatar world. He got banned. He got banned. It's like uh, somebody not being elected, like losing an election and then just yeah. like going to another state and not even running, just assuming governorship. Yes, it's very much the um, Ben Wyatt trajectory, you know, he was originally, he was literally from an ice town, but he moved was to a different, clown. and went to a new ice town, um, and became the clown there instead. Um, yeah, that whole, like, backstory was very bizarre, and, like, what I, my big takeaway was they fucked the shit out of that forest, like, what in the world were they doing to get those? My big but- takeaway from that is where is that because when we saw the northern water drive in the first show there wasn't a tundra outside of it there was a big ocean and now it's like completely frozen over and yeah climate change yeah Mm, they got them Um, regardless it was very bold of them to make two seasons in a row about two water tribe brothers who don't like each other literally (laughs) i was calling this I was calling Udalak Tarlock the whole time until they said his name. I was like, wait, that's... Oh, that's I thought he was Tarlock. It, I haven't seen the first season in, in a very uh, long time. I'm I, sure I wrote I Tarlock. No, Tarlock. please. Tarlock is the evil water-bending man who, with a gaunt, tall face from season one, not the evil water-bending oh, man with a tall, gaunt face from season two. Sure, yeah. Yes, yes. And then the uh, other two have really similar names, too. It's like... 
uh, give Wait, us something else. I just googled these two look exactly the same. <laughs> Literally, when I googled to be like, is it not? I was like, at first, like, wait, no, I had it right, and then <laughs> I realized what was going on. This looks. Uh, they look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. These are the same picture. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we kind of get confirmation here that Mako and Cora like are officially dating. Um, they chill with their polar bear dog. They have no charisma. Uh, <laughs> Cora hates him. Um, you know, it's just like any other sort of straight relationship, I think. In high school, yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know that they're young, but literally all of their conflicts, I'm like, break up, break up, break up, break up, break up. <laughs> like, I just like, every, throughout both of these episodes, Cora's like, what should I do? And Mako's like, I don't know. And then he like, just takes it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, the thing where he was like, I'll look after her for you. I was like, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like every conversation they have is like, like you said, it's like, Cora, what do I do? Mako, I don't know, but I support you. Cora, fuck you. You are an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and she's right. Yeah, she is right. I'm on her side. She knows what she's doing. He I don't do even know why she bothers asking him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get down to the Southern Water Tribe. They had this Glacier Festival, not a very original name, but whatever. Um, but it's like, this big festival where they I don't that know. True. It's not very good. <laughs> name was like they like, just like oh, kind of um ice. It uh, seems like it's the most important culture of or <laughs> festival of the entire culture. And, it's, and it doesn't describe what it's supposed to be about the spirits, but why is it called the Glacier Festival? I don't. Now you're sounding like a northerner. Uh, oh yes, excuse me. And um, I feel like they're trying to make a point here because they're like it used to be cultural and now it's just tourists or whatever, and it's like okay. Yeah, what like we used to be like when did this start being a thing? Like Yeah, you've only like, had like a what, 70 years? How long has it been? Yeah, it's like not I don't even know. I I'm sure it's been like this is like the 10th annual Glacier Festival. They're like baby, <laughs> it has changed so much. It's no, not what it used like, to be. I I feel like it's probably something that the when the northerners started rebuilding in the south, they probably brought the idea of it down with them and I'm mm. sure that like over the past 70 years like the southerners have been like well the way you do it sucks so we're gonna have like fun um yeah. and the northerners <laughs> are like no 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 uh and the southerners are like yeah party penguins yes that's fair um and it's just we like crazy get... that the north is like you are terrible and it's like okay well we have we were whittled down to a 30 person tribe like we are from, we are the like... smallest group of people in the entire world and now you're coming for us for like wanting to have fun also, we're like two for two for hosting teenage avatars lately. Yeah, exactly. So, They're how many avatars us. have you raised through puberty? <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, Southern Water Tribe is literally pulling through. They're carrying for the whole Their world. Chief actually. export is avatars. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get introduced to the extended Korra family, uh, which involves, like we said, not Tarlock, Unalak, um, which is her uncle. Who is the northern chief? What is her chief. name? What, who? Cora's dad. What is his name? Tonrock. Okay, why? <laughs> why? Why is he named that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're all I guess blah, it's, blah, a, blah. it's a water cultural thing that names end in ock. Yes. I for some su suddenly it is because we had like <laughs> Saka, Saka Katara. Paku, Those they've got the ox. That's true. You hand them the ox. Hey, pass the ox <laughs> to the Southern Water Tribe. <laughs> uh, uh, but we also get Desna and the other one. 
uh, <laughs> the man. I don't remember that one. I believe his name is Eska, but I could uh, be misremembering. I think it's opposite. I think Eska is the girl and Desda is oh. the boy. Hmm. I, I believe idea. I believe Cora says that's Eska and Desda and Desda's a boy. And Yeah, because yeah. Boleyn's like, whoa, they're attractive. And Cora's like, you are gay. And Boleyn's like, what? No. Boleyn's <laughs> like, you are gay. And <laughs> 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 exactly that's exactly how that conversation went yeah um instantly we get some like weird tension of clearly um these two uh chief brother men do not like each other um but before we can get into why they have a lot of tension we get like a big old spirit attack um which i think this is like our first spirit besides the big octopus in the beginning um that we've seen since like avatar right Wait, is I mean, that where the is this the when the spirit attack? The spirit attack comes at nighttime. I thought, right? Yeah, the dog is barking. Oh, did I? What did I skip over? The glacier. Well, you skipped over the introduction of two excellent characters. Yeah. Ooh, Varric and Julie. Oh, my notes must be okay. Derek hates Varric. I don't know if we can do this podcast anymore. I was gonna say it's actually. I was really excited. I forgot that. Um. Yes, when I was asked to do this episode, I did not know. Um, that this was the introduction of Varric, who is one of my all-time favorite characters. <laughs> John Michael Higgins, who voices him, is wonderful. He's the principal on the Saved by the Bell reunion, and he hosts a game show that only I watch um, on the game show network called America Says, and I think he's very charming. Also was in Best in that. Show. Sorry, he's yeah, so just, great. just to clarify, I put spirit attacks in my notes. I think that was meant to denote that Unalak talks about the spirit attacks that have been <laughs> happening, not that a spirit did attack them. Um, little you know, uh, inside baseball there. Uh, <laughs> I do feel this is a perfect introduction for Varric. Uh, he, you know, he's got his it's sort of like an emperor's new clothes sort of thing. <laughs> where he's just sort of like everybody knows he's some genius inventor and everyone's appeasing him, but Asami and Bolin are the only ones who are able to, or Bolin really is really the only one who's like willing to be like nothing happened. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And Varric is like, yeah, you're the guy. <laughs> um but yeah we get varic and we also get julie here um you know a little ucr in this episode but i i i I don't know not a spoiler to say i'm very excited that we get to meet this queen Um, yeah we do we do get a julie do the thing Yes, we do. We'll be on Julie confessional watch. <laughs> we'll see when <laughs> she's like the her lonely first. boys every time Dorota comes up on Gossip Girl. <laughs> Julie watch. I mean, that's what I mean. I'm sure we'll talk about her every time she's on screen. I'm feeling a lamb to lion storyline coming together mm. for Miss Julie. <laughs> Julie Caspunin. Yeah, she's here. Um, but Varric introduces the idea of movers, as he calls them, moving pictures. Um, and we're introduced to the very fabulous Ginger here. Um, silent, of course. <laughs> humana, humana vibes. Very, it is giving that. <laughs> but uh, it's this is clearly, I guess, what Asami and Bolin will be doing this season. Um, <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, sure. <laughs> I don't, yeah, because like I don't really even know if Asami is super involved from here because it sort of seems like she got what she wanted. She was like, "We're gonna do a deal," and it's like, "Okay." And then so Bolin is, I don't, I, yeah, unclear. Yes. I, and I, I and I know that we're doing no spoilers, but I'm unable to spoil because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Asami gets her, like, funding here, and that's, like, the last we see of Asami in these two episodes. Okay, Um, literally. Like, (laughs) if I was Asami and all three of my best friends went off on a spirit journey to the South Pole, I would be pissed. I was like, where was my invite? Yeah, that's a little, yeah. 
Who is she hanging out with in the Southern Water Tribe? Or is she just flying her plane back to Republic City? Eska and Desna went. Okay, nobody her age is even there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody went to the South Pole. Just Ball. like hanging out with Katara, like so cool. Okay, that's where I'd be. That's where I'd be. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, but uh, so yeah, we get that nice little um tale there, and then we go back to um, there's uh, Tanrock and Tenzin are talking about um, you know what Korra, uh, like, they're kind of go over, going over, like, Korra's childhood, and it's, like, revealed that it was their decision to, like, leave Korra secluded, um, which is, like, a kind of a big reveal, like, especially to Korra's character. They kind of, like, brush over it. They're like, well, we did what we had to do. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're clearly not giving away every reason for why this happened but i do think it makes a lot more sense than it having been ang's decision like she apparently thought i don't i guess we didn't really get a lot of information on her like childhood her 16 years of being <laughs> locked up behind four walls uh but like i yeah that was interesting and i feel like it's one of the things that really drives a wedge between her and her dad in these couple episodes mm -hmm. absolutely um but uh so that's like the beginning of this like tension that will obviously start to grow throughout the episodes and lead to Korra like turning her back on the on Tenzin and Tanrak and going into the uh loving swirling arms of Unalak. Um but then we also I, introduced I don't know our... how you're keeping these names together. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad um, you're here. <laughs> yes. So glad you're here. Um then we get Kaya is introduced here. We live for her. Um she slays um, yeah, I like that. It's sort of the the storyline is Tenzin hates his siblings. I literally, well, what I wrote down in my notes was Katara hates her kids because, like, when there's like that scene of the three of them together and they're all just like like really mean to each other, she's like looking on like, "Damn, I am a terrible mother." I didn't realize this was the introduction of Kaya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was not in book one at all, and Boomy was. We only saw him from afar at the end of the big fight, right? I think in book he, like, one. Oh wow! He like roars. Or yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. But her impact was felt around the world when she did appear. That's why. <laughs> Truly. <I think laughs> um, but they're at this like little uh, get together, and uh, Unalak makes some like weird judgmental speech to everyone. He's like, "You all suck." Insane vibes, insane vibes, insane vibes. Like dictator <laughs> vibe. Like what? Okay, even if you that is your ultimate message to the people, like <laughs> that is not the way you go about this. Like you can't just like come to my come to my party and stand up in front of everybody and be like, I hate the way you're doing things here and things have <laughs> gotta change. Like that's something you really bring to people one on one. Just sort of like, hey, I I have some other ideas for how we could do this a little better. And ultimately that's really how I think the dictatorship would probably start. Thank God Varric is there. Yeah. <laughs> really smooth things over with the dancing penguins. Absolutely. Yeah. The no zero coalition building from our boy Unalak here. Um <laughs> but you know, clearly as we'll see, he's more of a um ask questions later first make your net niece open a spirit portal um, i mean i think we've all been there <laughs> yes <laughs> i know this is jumping ahead but <laughs> it was so funny when it, and i don't think it was intended to be but core was like okay what do we do when we get there and he's just like you will open up an ancient spirit portal and then like basically turned away just be like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like is that good 
I know. Cora's behavior, I guess we can talk about that more. So in the second episode, it's a little weird when her whole thing is like, damn, I can't trust any of the people who raised me. I'm going to trust this man I really am only meeting for the first time 10 minutes ago. Um, Which is whatever. exactly what happened in book one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, this, I believe, is where we get our... No, first of all, we're getting... Um, I don't even know. <laughs> um, um, We're at the like, festival. Yes, uh, yes. The festival's here. They're like talking at the like Ang shooting contest, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which she also cheats at. Yeah. Yes, as she should. Cora loves to cheat again. As she should. Uh huh. It's what she. I mean, if you have it, flaunt it. I get like this okay. like weird society rule where it's like you can't bend to win. That's stupid. But literally, probably everybody else in that lineup was also able to waterbend, and they just weren't. <laughs> like, exactly. Really yeah, but they all should results. have in order to all win a stuffed up except Mako. Yes. Hey, maybe <laughs> if she wanted to win, she could have been shooting it into the mouth for the entire time instead of to the side oh. of the mouth. Just saying. Well, she didn't need to. She knew she was going <laughs> to come in with one big burst. She knew that her boyfriend was going to say something to piss her off and would just <laughs> that Avatar state her way through that bitch. <laughs> You can always count on Mako to say something that's both non-committal and also like deeply offensive. <laughs> that's what uh, men are. That is what men, but also specifically what Mako is. That's just who he is. Yep. Um, and a cop. Let's not forget that ever. He's a triple a threat. A triad. All <laughs> a triple threat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is where, I mean, they get, she's mad. Uh, and this is also when Bolin starts laying the moves down on uh aubrey plaza yeah guy. that is just what her name is it's aubrey plaza <laughs> okay <laughs> great um, yes she is Eska. i've confirmed via google mm -hmm. that's huge for us <laughs> the season the season of the confusing names yeah. <laughs> huge for our community mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah so i guess now Eska and bolin are like a thing which is you know so fun for both of them um it's so fun for Boleyn because he gets to be near who he thought was really hot, which was the brother. Um, you know, a little, I don't know, gayness by proxy, I guess. Just some fandom trenches history backstory that I can mm. recall. This relationship uh, oh, was no. discoursed a lot about during the Tumblr era. I just remember a lot of, you know abuse, et cetera, oh uh, my God. allegations. And, you know, Desna was not beating them. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, this you was, that it was. <laughs> this was pre-Gen Z mommy stomp on me, like, TikTok era, which I think that's what Eska, Eska's the woman, right? No, Desna. Eska is the woman. Eska is Aubrey Plaza. Okay, Eska, I think, would thrive in that sort of environment now, not in that sort of, you know, 2012, 2013 era. I just of, don't think the show is presenting that this is a good relationship. <laughs> so I don't know that we need to drive home that it's not. Media literacy, kids. Yeah. It'll kill you. I don't think it's subtextual that this is an unhealthy relationship when Baby, she says that he, she's going to make him her slave. The only sub in this text is Bolin, okay? Yeah, and we support him. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, and his amazing jacket, his like little snowsuit. I love that. It's a beautiful shade. Of yes, all. yes. Uh, this, worked. Will... this worked. This <laughs> worked. Yeah, Varric. Yeah, Varric knows what he's doing when it comes to the fashion. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, we, bisexuals. 
<laughs> when are we not speaking of bisexuals when we're talking about this show? True. Like, let's be real. Um, Only when Mako comes up. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is where the spirit attacks. Uh, yes, and okay, you. I gotta say, the, these spirit designs are cool. I'm loving it. I love the uh, the tenderly creatures. They're looking good. Can I ask, uh, Derek, uh, you know about drawing things. Um, <laughs> in the... <laughs> In this um in this episode we see a couple like kind of 3D animations, one of the plane, one of mm -hmm. like the airbending thing. Did we have that in season one? It's really cool. Um we had like CG there were like CGI planes in the first one for sure. There were I mean, I remember in Avatar we had um some CGI even in book one. We had the like tanks the that door. attacked the oh. Northern Air Temple were that. Um I think most notable in Avatar though were the blimps in the finale. Um but it looks a lot more seamless here in Korra, obviously, because that's just like a technology thing. Um, yeah. But I, that, it, this is also, I guess, something we should note now that we're starting book two is that the studio that worked, the animation studio that worked on book one is not working on book two. They will come back in, I want to say like four episodes from the finale. So, um, but if you notice, like the art style is a little different. It's because Studio Mir is not working. It's, I forget, I, I wish I'd looked it up before, but it's a different studio doing the animation. Why? Here. And, um, I think Studio Mir was like busy on something, uh, some other project. I know they made a movie at some point, so that might have been it. Um, uh, but they did this is like the only this like chunk of book two is the only time that Studio Mir was not working on Korra. I think it looks really nice. There's some really great, I, I don't know, I go back and forth on it. I much prefer the character just like, um, the way in which the characters are illustrated in studio mirrors work and i think their animation style is a little more fluid i think the animation in this is like very punchy there's a lot of like exaggerated sort of forms and a lot of like camera movement which is not something that we saw a lot in studio mirrors stuff um it's just different but it looks really nice i think especially in this little sequence i think yeah. on the whole it looks good i felt like it was a little clunky especially when they were doing like air scooter stuff i felt like all of that looked very like hard when i was just sort of like this should be a lot more fluid for like literal air uh but no i i think it all generally looks very good mm -hmm. um yes that's my uh you know derek animation update um but yeah so the spirit attacks it's very like like um sam said very purpley and gorge um I th th did not appreciate that they instantly tried attacking it, and nobody tried even talking to it until Tenzin tried, and then I was just sort of like, okay, well, maybe well, they know it. how much Korra's dad, they hate Korra's dad, <laughs> so I feel like they're like, ugh, this again. Well, we didn't learn about that until uh, the second episode, I think. We didn't get all the backstory on, like, why he was banned until they're around that fire on the way to the north pole yeah i'm just saying they didn't attack it because like it's not the first time uh, that they immediately attacked it because they know it's bad because it's happened before mm. right i guess cora doesn't but yeah i would and probably it... attack that thing if i had the power of all four elements <laughs> i would just be doing that always just every every situation i'm gonna throw a rock first yes i'll be h i think people should be asking a couple more questions about what whatever her uncle's name is is doing like why is 100 percent water confusion sudden and like it glows and it can like it's sort of like catching a pokemon <laughs> like, what, what are we doing what is what is happening water confusion here confusion does sound like a great pokemon move literally it happens like two or three times on these two episodes and we have no information about it at all yeah and Cora's instantly sold on it though she sees like the glowy <laughs> yellow lights and she is like whatever you tell me to do i will do it without question
Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, a, that's how I felt the first time I saw a Pokemon. That's that totally fair. I'm like, whatever it is, I am in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's kind of um, like energy bending, but it's sort of just like water spirals. Yeah, and water nobody knows anything about it. And then apparently he's been able to do it for 20 years, and it's just like, why don't more people know about it? <laughs> <laughs> so we can why have you not spirit. tried to teach other waterbenders this until yeah. Cora? maybe instead of making our festival more boring you could be teaching us how to defend our home yes <laughs> <laughs> that's the true solution um but the, for whatever reason this makes Cora decide that you know she's sick of people telling her what to do she wants to go train with unalak um no more tenzin um tenzin can go to the temples by his by himself i guess um which i i understand what she means like it's either boring field trip with boring man or like cool spirit magic. I, I get why Cora feels this way. War of the daddies really here. <laughs> yeah, but only one of them is a zaddy and it's Cora's dad. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in a tier of his own. I, okay, this does bring up this fight scene did remind me of one other complaint I had about, during book one. Okay, the Just fight the scene's one. happening in like a huge like a festival and then the fight starts happening and literally there's no bystander around at all there's not a single person in it other than the main characters of the spirit who are fighting like in this area like well isn't everybody asleep no it's a festival like everybody's hanging out the lights are all on it's uh -oh. just like it's just like where is anybody they all just like cleared out they got so bored because the <laughs> festival became so boring this year once Unalak got there it turned into church when uh, Unalak showed up <laughs> Like, oh, great. He's like the fundamentalist Christian showing up to ruin everyone's vibe. Very much Midnight Mass is what we're getting here, is my opinion on this. My yeah, Equinox is... Mask, Mass, or whatever this is. Equinox. That's the third brother. Equinox. <laughs> He's like the really fit gay trainer yeah. um, of the spirit world, mm -hmm. of the water tribe. My other thing, just before we move on to book two, or episode two, just like it, it when you think about it, it is kind of crazy that all those people from the Northern Water Tribe are even here. Like it must have taken them a really long time to do that. I always notice how small the world must be. In this it is, universe, but though. even then, they had they on the boats. They had to go all the way around the like Earth Kingdom. So like, I just feel like I just I was very impressed I mean, with the their drive to make this place more boring. I mean the <laughs> the entire point of book one of Avatar was that how far away they are. <laughs> So yeah. like, and they were flying, literally. So clearly, like these boats are fucking running a billion miles per hour or something. Um, Those uh, Sato Industry boats or whatever it's called. <laughs> they're doing Yahoo yeah. Future Industries. Future Industries. Is, yeah. Sorry, all the names were so distinct in the show. Republic City Wait. Future Industries. <laughs> and it used to be Cabbage. No, Cabbage Corp is something else. That was yeah. a different company. <laughs> that was like. Um, the fall company um, right. that Sato used. Right, um, right, right. But yeah, so we're on to um, episode two of this like sort of two-part uh, premiere of book two, uh, The Southern Lights. Um, and so the obviously they've decided they're going to the South Pole. They don't know why yet. <laughs> um, but um, I will say I felt like a better episode title for this episode would have been A Light in the Dark or something like that. <laughs> um, I mean, well, that's you a very will be minor very note. pleased when we get further in the season. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, uh, these people get a lot of PTO. Didn't Mako like just become a cop and is hoping to get promoted? 
Yeah, he's like, I might be a detective soon. Yeah, and he, and then he's like, bye, I have to go to the literal opposite end of the world. For a month. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's chasing a, a, like a, a lead or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm busting a spirit criminal, and Lynn is like, fine. <laughs> he's, he's like, you know what, you're probably, I mean, you're the boyfriend of the Avatar, you're yeah. probably, that's probably yeah. true. Maybe, whatever. <laughs> he's studying abroad, and that broad's name is Cora. <laughs> Nar. <laughs> you're saying he's a female body inspector oh <laughs> kind of yes. Copious? yes okay that would make mako so much more tolerable if he had to have this at that <laughs> <laughs> at least he'd be like you know putting his, his realistic self out there in the world he'd be like full-on himbo that's what we need mako to actually be Right now, he's, like, too kind of intelligent to be a himbo. If, imagine if both Mako and Bolin were himbos. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> amazing. I just want... The show would be so good. You just you want did... every man on any show to be a himbo? Yeah. Exactly. I just want green himbo and red himbo. Why can't that be Cora's <laughs> two friends? Uh, <laughs> I think it's good. Which is also, coincidentally, um, a fire emblem archetype. Is the That's true. Green Himbo. <laughs> but, um, oh, I thought those were Pokemon games. Sane and oh, that too. Himbo, red, himbo Fire Red and Himbo, himbo Leaf Green. green. <laughs> exactly. What do you think about a Bulbasaur and Charmander? Guys? <laughs> they do have Himbo vibes. I agree. <laughs> um, but, so, uh, meanwhile, though, Tenzin and his fam are off doing the temple run, as we'll call it, um, but it's the air temple. <laughs> like, they're gonna see all the air temples. Apparently, some, like, monks are living here. Yeah, the and... air acolytes, and it's sort yes. of like, we didn't learn anything about you in book one, guys. So well, what, what we what learned now doing? is, like, air monks are annoying. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> understand the point of the scene. <laughs> Why? Just to I be was, weird. I was very mad at Tenzin and his family. I was just like, okay, like, they're here to, like, help you, and they just want to give you everything you are looking for and make sure your stay is good. And they're like, you guys are being really weird. Like, why would you even care well, that we're here? Why it's like, is okay, Tenzin they... mad? <laughs> Yeah, the reason that they're even at this temple is because you guys exist. Like, well, of course yeah. they're going to react this way. <laughs> yeah, it makes the scene is weird as hell. I don't know why it's here, but I do love that Pokey the lemur is introduced. That yes. I do enjoy. And I love that the lemurs in this version are like ring-tailed lemurs, which are the superior kind of lemur. Is that what Zabumafu was? No. Sorry, yeah. Zabumafu. Okay. Your trainers were hot, but you are the lesser of the lemurs. Oh, is this your audition for your RuPaul for lemurs? <laughs> this... You are the lesser of the lemurs. <laughs> Ru Ru Maru. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like this scene had unintentional parallels to <laughs> I feel like all parallels in this in these first two books are unintentional. Unintentional. But like, okay. They just I... accidentally made the same season twice and we're like, oh, oh i don't mean that it was uh paralleling the first season but just, oh. like it, i felt like it was it was like the tension and like the concept behind the, the interaction was similar to northern versus wa southern water tribe where like it felt like the air acolytes were like trying to do everything exactly traditionally and tenzin was sort of like we don't need this yeah mm, ah yes <laughs> i don't i but they didn't follow up on it or make it a thing at all, so I'm sure that's not what they were going for. Yeah, absolutely not the intent there. The intent there was... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's to show that, like, Tenzin is, like, a celebrity. Mm -hmm. and, Get him out of here. And he's... They're, they're all, like, expecting him to be, like, the world's most perfect monk or whatever. 
And, and then is. they think that Kaya and Bumi are servants like them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. oh, they, they serve, all right. Yeah, they're definitely serving. They love to serve. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, we leave the redesigned Southern Area Temple. I, must, I um, also have to add, they completely, like, redid the design of it. Um, very cute. Because uh, a little, like, background here. The um, Brian Konitsko, the creator who, like, did most of the art, has always said he hated the design he came up with for the Southern Air Temple. Um, really? So he just took this opportunity to just change it and make it better. That um, must be what happened with the Northern Wa- Northern Water Tribe also. What happened? Cool. What was wrong with the design of the Southern Air Temple? Is it the I one mean, that's upside down? No. Oh. He just, How could you ever like, hate that? Yeah, that one was iconic. No, yeah, it's the first one that they go to. And I, I, I believe he just said he just didn't like it, like mm. for his personal taste, which is it's just an art person thing to hate everything you make i think <laughs> i wouldn't get it i also <laughs> yeah, feel like once, okay <laughs> i also feel like once we see the other three it sort of is a kind of just like generic basic temple design and so i could understand wanting to like sort of give it its own character and personality right zest it up gentrifier yeah. <laughs> yes yesify it <laughs> the yesification of the, the southern, southern air <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yeah so back in the southern south pole um, our little crew are getting ready. Um, Bolin has like a Varric brand. I don't know if Varric's like has like a brand at all. He has a little logo, like a little boat logo, which is cute. Um, but Bolin has like a snowmobile and a cute little parka. We got some weird camel things we've never seen before. I um, felt like they were camel horses, and I was just like, guys, is this a good enough? crossover twist animal to be an avatar animal no that's like being like this is a beetle ladybug (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay (laughs) a a camel horse is just a camel and they were a little bit bigger than either animal normally would be but otherwise it's just really it looked like a camel yeah yes um but we learned well first of all tanrak uh cora's dad insists on coming with for which for whatever reason makes cora angry um and they're going to head into the Ever store. Because she wants to fuck her boyfriend <laughs> in the spirit world. And if only I'm her going, uncle can watch. If <laughs> I'm going on a dangerous spirit journey into the Everstorm, where I know there's going to be evil spirits who are angry, I'm bringing as many people as I can. Like, I'm yeah, but don't have... bring the guy that makes them angry. I guess she doesn't know. But she the uncle know knows. Well, the uncle knows and still lets him. I guess she wants. He wants to turn Cora against him. So yeah, he's so. like, "Oh yes, the perfect yeah. opportunity to talk shit about my brother to his daughter's face." Right. I'm just mad that Asami's not present. I like. I literally don't understand where it she is or what no she's doing. Sense. Yeah, several notes on these episodes. I have to say, like, why is Asami getting sidelined? Does not make sense to me. She's Whatever canonically Team Avatar. It's not like she was like some mascot or something in book one. Like she went on the adventures and like did the hands-in thing. Like she's there and she's part of it. And she's not there. Yeah, that's like if Sokka just like wasn't in book two of Avatar for a while. <laughs> like why? <laughs> but even more egregious because I love Asami way even more than Sokka, which is a high praise. That's um, oh wow. That's that is very high praise. Yeah. I think um, they're both great. They, yeah, they all slay. Um, but so this is when, uh, as they're journeying down, when Ta- um, Unalak finally reveals like what the fuck they're actually doing, which is apparently opening a portal, which I think is your first red flag here, Cora. I don't think opening a portal in any context is ever a good thing. I don't know why she's just like, okay, like no one questions what happens when you open the portal. What does it mean? It's so weird. You're right. There is no real discussion of like what the portal is to or what we'll do once the portal is open. 
none. No one has any questions about it. It's so weird. They're all like, sounds good. Yeah. I, I, clearly, he is someone who knows a lot about the spirit world since he's able to corral these uh, beasts uh, with his little <laughs> water lasso. Magical lasso. Yeah, but like, you know, maybe he could do a little explainer, put together a little infographic or, um, you know, a, a, a video essay on what will happen when we open the spirit portal. <laughs> Can sort you guys see my words. screen? I'm sharing, yeah, I'm yeah, sharing exactly. my screen. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm just kidding, on. Derek. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. That's him like, presenting his oh. his presentation on the spirit world. Like oh, maybe instead of his little thing at the dinner where he was like, "You guys suck," he could have been like, "We should do this and sort of explain." Mm, made an what Instagram. He wants yeah, but he doesn't want anybody to ask any questions. True. Well, the, he needed to do like you said. I'm I'm liking this line of thinking. I'm thinking he needs to do an Instagram like story thing. Like, here's mm -hmm. what's going on at the South Pole. Colorful here's text. What you can do. Yeah, <laughs> with those like illustrations of like oh, speaking extremely of large people. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's he... really gatekeeping all of this information about the spirit world. Yes. I'm sure he had some big lie story worked up about what his purposes were and what his intents were and what he wanted to have happen. <laughs> but like nobody ever asked him and so it was all just went away. <laughs> it's like, oh okay, this is easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these... Forgot these are literal children. <laughs> these southern rubes. Uh <laughs> Okay, he literally then... uses that word at one point, too. <laughs> Damn, really? that's my word. He uh, called Bull in a Rube. Hmm. Well, okay. Is he wrong? I, nope. Also, in this backstory segment where we learn about the North, why he was banned from the Northern Water Tribe, all we find out about this massive army of people who were attacking the Northern Water Tribe is that they're barbarians. <laughs> like, who are, who are they? they? <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's so weird. They're dressed like completely like unlike anything we've ever seen. And was there firebending? Were they firebending? There fire was firebending. There were some other weapons. There might like have been who, waterbending. Who are these people? Where'd they come <laughs> from? Fire bad. I don't know why you guys are confused. I guess. Like, it was, like, so... I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to use this word, but it was so bad. Like, I hated this so much. The backstory makes no sense. And, like, they had no reason to go that ham on that forest. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, like, cut to, like, and we destroy like... Oh, we finally got them, but at the cost of the forest, and like pans to like annihilated trees. Like, how did that happen? You're waterbenders. What the fuck? <laughs> it made no sense to me, and it was like it feels so convoluted and ridiculous. I'm sorry, um, but the one good thing is we got very hot Tonrock shirtless waterbending, and for that, I forgive them. Yeah, young Tonrock. That was good. That was very good. But <laughs> but we then we see Unalak or whatever his name is doing the thing with the water even back then. And we still don't, I guess it's just like, you should be teaching other, like nobody has any questions <laughs> for him at all. And everybody's just like, it's like he is an avatar basically. Like it's like Literally. he is so connected to the spirit world and nobody cares. We really don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my god, I want to ask him how he does that, but then he's going to start preaching. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> he's so annoying. That would mean I would have to talk to him. I'll just let the spirits destroy my home. That feels canon to me, actually. And then with the no explanation for how uh, Tonrock became the chief of the Southern Drive, it was just sort of like, why did we even do this backstory? I've learned so little. Yeah, yeah, I have more happened. Um but yeah, so meanwhile, though, at the Southern Air Temple, again, they go into the statue room, um, and our girl Janora is, like, seems very um, 
I don't know what word to use. She's like very zoned in on the Connected. end statue. She's very yes. studious. I love this. It was very, it was making you, it was like, Junora is Aang. Junora is Aang. It was just sort of like, she is really wise and good and beautiful. And I love her. <laughs> yes, we love Junora. Um, but yeah, it's, um, so we get that little scene establishing that like something's up with Janora and these statues. Um, and then we uh, go back to the Southern Pole and um, Unalak starts to talk about, you know, the idea of like, oh, the Southern Lights, we have those up in the North. You don't have them because you guys are stinky and bad. <laughs> um, but you can fix I... that by like touching an orb. I like that he was pondering um, this word. <laughs> he was like, you used to have something like before the hundred year war, but because the fire nation threw everything out of balance, it doesn't happen anymore. But he's also like, he, it's still like implied that it's Cora's dad's fault. Like yeah. even though it happened like hundreds of years ago. Literally. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. They say like, Oh, the South one came at, like was out of balance because of the fire nation. It's like weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like uh, this, like, smaller, less technology would make them more spiritually connected. Like, they seemed more in tune with the spirits than, like, I guess the North did. I don't know. Whatever. I guess I'll have to take his word for it, because that's just what's happening in the show. I mean, um, the moon is from the North. The so. moon is from the North. That's true. The moon is a Northern guy. pretty spiritual. That's fair. Um, but then we get more spirit attacks. Um, lots of little purple critters running around. Um, and they steal our gang's equipment, um, which is very much an Avatar thing. I feel like in Avatar, I always talked about how they were always losing their shit. And it, now it's finally happened to this. What are the spirits? What are they doing with their supplies? Why did they do this? They just knew it would inconvenience them. And they were like, we'll take these. <laughs> they love a little mischief. Shouldn't they you have know? Like, taken their souls or something? Uh, I, apparently they can like possess engines like a Rotom or something it's weird it's very it, unclear it, it makes sense because in x-men when kitty pride phases through technology it breaks so this is probably the exact same thing that happens there that's true um yeah i don't know i don't know why they're doing it i they're definitely the epitome of the the um i think i will cause problems on purpose meme mm -hmm. that's just what they're about yeah okay but spirits aren't bad but these ones are <laughs> i know that's the <laughs> There's no good spirit. and bad spirits. There's just spirits that do good things all the time and spirits that are horrible and kill people. <laughs> and we have to get rid of those ones. Yeah. If they're mad, they're going to be mad, okay? <laughs> they're people just like us. And when they get mad, they destroy things and there's no stopping them unless you're me. <laughs> yeah. Cora um, tries but... it, though. She does the little water whip thing and it escapes. Uh, it's sort of like when your Pokeball does the three bumps thing and then the mm. Pokemon comes out. Oh, oh it was so that. close. Ooh, yeah. it was it looked like it was it. Uh, I thought you had it. it. Yep. Try some ultra water next time, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> babe. Babe. <laughs> but uh so Todd Rock decides that he wants them all to turn back. Um and Cora's like, no, actually, um, you're gonna go back home alone and starve, probably. We are gonna stay here and probably starve. Um, and he just does that. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, it, typical it like... father behavior. <laughs> no daughter of mine is going alone. Oh shit, that was well, scary. Um, see you. <laughs> right, it She's was like, mad. <laughs> like when you didn't want me to come at first, I came anyway. And now that danger has occurred, and you don't want me to keep going with you, I will leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're good. It's... I can see you're in very capable hands now that you've lost all of your stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they decide to go into yet another weird spirit forest that apparently exists. Um, 
and uh, they go to... <laughs> um, Cora's mad at Mako, too. She's just mad at everyone in these episodes. I'm sorry. Like, she as angry. justified as it may be, she is just like every other word out of her mouth is like, I'm tired of you doing this. You are terrible. And, like, I don't know. But it's, I, like, it's She's on a camping trip with a bunch of dudes and Eska, who she's never met. That sounds yeah. horrible. I agree. Yeah, She has met her. She's always hated her. <laughs> Bolin is probably like, my. I packed a hundred tampons. Is that enough? Like, <laughs> she's just, like, dealing with that kind of thing from these guys who don't know how to camp mm, with a woman. Yeah. Microaggressions. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Turn into macroaggressions from <laughs> Cora. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they go and she finds some sort of like weird little dome, ice dome. Wait, but okay, before he leaves, this is where Mako's like, I'm gonna keep an eye on her for you. And then, yeah, okay, at first I thought that Mako said that in front of Cora, and I was like, oh my god. But then, <laughs> then Cora was like, later was like, what were you talking to my dad about? And she's like, he's like, nothing. And it's like, oh my god, you are the worst. Also, isn't what she called? She's like, it's a tree covered in ice, just like in the thing. And it's like, yeah, you're in the South Pole. Of course, isn't every tree covered in ice? <laughs> if there even is a tree. why are there trees? Yeah, lizard right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Cora just has as many questions about the script as we do. She's like, "Why is this happening?" <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she gets mad at Mako for even speaking to her father, um, which I yeah, I totally get that. She de- Mako deserves to be yelled at constantly. Um, but so she gets to this ice dome. Um, some like little spirit snakeys show up. Um, yeah, and she put punch. She punches one and puts a fireball in his mouth, and he explodes. I was like, okay, damn, yeah, that's good. That's cool. <laughs> Pretty tight. It's double dead now. It was already a spirit. Now it's fucking like obliterated. Then she gets into like the main room, and the vines come out, and she's like almost not able to like. She first tried to blast through with fire, and it's not working for some reason. Okay, it's like when the Fire Nation threw the world out of balance. Did they also put a big spirit dome over the, the light? Like what? What's going I on here? Um, but then she goes to the Avatar State and touches it, and it explodes. Okay, but then here's my question: We've only seen two icebergs erupt in this entire <laughs> canon of the show, and both Just times. Two. A big spire of light came out of it. This is just what happens when they bust into icebergs in this universe. <laughs> that's and Ang came science. out, it was a big ball of light. And now this. It's just like, that's science in the Avatar world, okay? The Earth may be flat, the moon is a girl, and also <laughs> icebergs just explode into light. It's like, if, if I dropped... When 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 you when you buy ice from the grocery store and you have to like beat it to get all the ice separated, just like it's basically a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I that sounds true to me actually. Um, but yeah, all it takes is for her to touch it. I think I guess maybe in the Avatar state is like what that is like the trigger of it. Um, but she's officially opened the portal. Whatever again, that means. Again, whatever that means. She doesn't even know what that means. She just did it because she was told to do it. Even though she hates when people tell her what to do. But only this guy gets to tell me what to do because he's new. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, in a, it's a season about Dom and Sub and Cora's finding who she's supposed to be with. Um, oh. That's what I've learned so far from from chapters one and two. I'll uh, take at, a season about Dom and Sub over a season about Dom and Wendell, okay? okay. A little Ghost Island shade. <laughs> and then at the same time... Um, <laughs> 
Genora is sleepwalking and finds a random avatar statue that's not with the other ones, and then it glows at the same time as she opens the portal. It's like, okay. Okay. Slay. Yeah, that's slay for me. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, she says, what avatar is this? Um, and then we go back to, um, to Korra, open the portal, um th- uh, she is like apologizing to mako suddenly she's she, like, you know, yeah. she was hashtag apologizing for some reason <laughs> i don't know why i don't know how opening the spirit portal was so like transformative for her but sure this whole conversation made me so mad because all throughout the episode their conflict is about how mako is not being a good like advisor or like be <laughs> telling her what like he, he has no idea what he's supposed to say to her and like is a bad avatar companion and then the the wrap-up of this conflict is uh, mako going i guess i'm pretty bad at doing that <laughs> it's like yeah you yeah, are she's like yeah <laughs> like, you okay. are oh what a great it's... central relationship of this show it's good good <laughs> uh but they go back to the southern water tribe and gasp there are troops here from the north what? This man who I had never met before and maybe opened a portal has other intentions? Yeah, this just goes hand in hand with no one asking him any questions at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? What is like the deal? I, I honestly feel like he probably should have waited on the troops for a little bit. I felt like if he had come back, I feel like he could have gotten a little more. If he's going to try to enact this fascist will on the Southern Water Tribe, maybe like show that he was able to go into the spirit thing and knew what to do to make them calmer so that no more attacks happen. I felt like he didn't really need this hostile takeover. He could have just like become a charismatic leader. You know what I mean? Oh, he's mm-hmm. so charismatic. Yeah. He's so charming. <laughs> yes. And we know Cora because Cora was charmed, but that's not hard. <laughs> like Cora was, I don't even know if Cora was charmed. Cora was just pissed and was willing to go with any other option. Cora yeah. has met like eight people in her entire yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, Cora was charmed in quotes by fucking Mako to the point of being his girlfriend. Like, yeah. The floor, like the bar is beneath. She the doesn't floor. have great taste in men, not great <laughs> character judgment with men. Yes. Um, but well, that's our book two uh intro. We're in we're really in it now, folks. And next week is actually a two-part episode, as far as oh. I can tell from the <laughs> chapter titles allegedly yeah um well okay yeah this will be fun (laughs) (laughs) look even okay i am um to put it lightly a book two skeptic and i felt like these episodes were a lot better than i was expecting them to be going in and you know i was like yeah these are fine (laughs) it's hard to to have lower expectations for this season so that's at least we have like some some more spicy characters that are around the B plots get a little spread around in the season more. Yeah. Um, I am um, to not use it, say it lately, a, a book to hater. Um, and this, these episodes were just, yeah, they were fine. Whatever. Just like I've accepted that those storylines in this book make no sense and will never make sense. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. It felt like worse than a t- village of the week episode from like any other season of the show. It's just like, <laughs> What is going on here and nothing happened? Okay, great. <laughs> Perf. Um, so, um, any other concluding thoughts on this episode, uh, Lita or Sam? Um, I just love Varric. I'm very happy he's here. I'm, yes. I'm so glad I'm here too. Oh, you said Varric, not Derek. 
They're at Varric Raining. <laughs> Wait, maybe that should be my new display name on Twitter. That'd be good. Varric Raining. <laughs> my final thought, you know, book two is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, take the uh, little glasses of water and like Gatorade things at where you can. And so, you know, these episodes weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. And that's what I'm going to take away from that. What was your electrolyte of the week? <laughs> Varric getting introduced, certainly. Yes. Also, oh, and... when, also when Bolin was a raft. <laughs> yes, that was cute. Um, oh, are we still going to do want to do a, like a bending moment of the week like Ooh. we were starting to do with Avatar? Right. Like it's got to be uh, Unalak's spirit whip. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty great. I will say I think I liked visually when Korra was trying to do it. I think it looked very cool when she was doing that. Even though it was ultimately a fail, I think she had the panache. I probably liked the most when she exploded the demon from within, and mm. also um, I I thought that the the look of when she cheated at the water gun game looked really cool. Like it like really got big and like shot into the tiny hole, and so oh. I thought uh, it it was it, it was visually appealing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, Lita, do you want to remind the amazing people where they can find your amazing content? Yes, um, you can find me on Twitter at Lita Tweeted. Um, I'm still private, but I'll accept <laughs> you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Lita Grammed. Um, I guess you can add me on TikTok. I don't think I'm going to be making very much content on there. I have one TikTok of my dog, um, but it's uh, Lita Tick, Lita Talk. Um, <laughs> and uh, my dog is at Sassy Cassie PGH. Stan Cassie. Oh, we yeah. love Cassie. I'm at Sam Stanish everywhere except TikTok, where I'm at Moon Selector. Oh, love. Um, well, is you're a UA stan. Um, <laughs> it's from Tales of the Abyss, and it is a key item that you have to get in order to change characters mid battle. Whoa. Her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can find me at Ray Dierks on Twitter. Um, maybe I'll become Varric Rining. Who knows? <laughs> but you can also listen to me talk to our amazing and wonderful friend, Christine Padlin, about Revolutionary Girl Uchina on our other podcast, at Shadow Play Gaze on Twitter. We are actually, cr- like, crazily enough, almost to the end of the show. It has been so fun. Please, if you haven't watched that show before and want to listen to two gay people talk about it, look no further. Um, Highly endorse. Yes, it's a slay. Um, But yes, thank you so much, Lita, once again for joining us. Um, I'm sure not the last we will hear of you, potentially on Korra, but definitely just on anything because we like forcing you to talk to us. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, and um, let's do it. Book two. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye.